Welcome everyone to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined as always by malt liquor Gus and our producer, Dr. Ripley. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys. Before I pass the mic over to this week's host, just something real quick. I was asked recently, Cousin Bailey, how can we support the Bourbon Boys? Well, there are a few ways, actually. Number one, you can give us a good rating and review on the platform you're currently listening to us. Number two, definitely subscribe to the pod on that platform and others. Number three, let's face it, you all know someone who likes SEC football, so share this episode with them or other episodes. Number four, you can support our sponsor, soon to be Zerves, maybe. Number five, if you know of an up-and-coming business, put them in contact with me, Cousin Bailey, about being a sponsor. My email address is cousinbailey at gmail.com. Now that that's out of the way, let me send it over to, again, this week's host, the reigning standings leader, Gus. Sober Gus. I'm sober. Sober Gus. Aloha. What's going on out there in SEC land? It's uh, good to be back. Missed a week dodging bullets in Chicago. Want to thank uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot for uh, making sure that I got out of there alive. Um, she's doing nothing but good things up there in Chicago. So bravo to her. How many drinks would it take for you to sleep with her? Well, I'm sober now. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> her eyes were so mesmerizing. It was it was amazing. Um but yeah, last week, a little bit of Hurricane Ian, Ian, however you want to say it, action. Um, luckily, Tampa Bay didn't get hit, but, you know, South Florida, Southwest Florida, I'm sorry, not South Florida, Southwest Florida pretty much got demolished. Um, pretty sad state of affairs. I think all of us here on Bourbon Boys know someone who was impacted, uh, know someone or multiple people. Uh, it's pretty bad. I have a history with uh, dealing with those things. And I can tell you a cat four and cat five are, are not anything to play with. Uh, it's complete destruction. So I've been in those situations. Luckily it wasn't in this one, but uh, yeah, it's uh, we, we had to miss last week because basically we were all evacuated except for Mr. Dr. Professor producer who's out in Arizona. But Safe and sound. Enough on that. We'll, uh, We'll go into the standings, and you have yours truly at 26 and 19. Uh, last week went two and three, which was actually the second best record. Uh, Malt Liquor coming mm-hmm. in at 24 and 21. He went one and four last week. Dr. Riffick, man, chalk it up. He's also 24 and 21. He went four and one last week. Way to go, producer. Those, uh, it looked like all the uh, Lone Wolves hit last week, which for for us, where uh, Doctor took Kentucky over Old Miss, Lone Wolfed it. He also took LSU over Auburn, and I took Missouri, uh, covering over Georgia. So those were your those were your Lone Wolves last week, and they all hit. So good job. And then we come on to Cousin Bailey. I'm not saying he's done. Actually, I think I said he was done a few weeks ago, and his performance this past week pretty much sealed that deal. So overall, 18 to 27. And went oh and five last week. Oh my shame. Oh man. So I uh producer, do we is there a way that uh 
that the listeners can go and actually see our picks from last week? Are they posted anywhere or no? No, I mean, I could send out a link like that to the Google Doc. I, you know what? Let me look at putting it on the website. That's a good idea. Okay. No, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, let's not send out the Google Doc information. Then they get to see how we make the how we make our secret sauce and how with we, my with my left hand with the, how we communicate with each other. So before we get too far down the road, let's go around the room. What's everybody drinking? Malt liquor. We'll start with you, buddy. All right. So in honor of Oktoberfest, I picked up the Hofbrau Original Pilsner. Always a, one of my favorites and uh, as good as advertised, despite my shitty picks. And I thought I was reverse jinxing us about Ian and ended up sort of like, thankfully for us, not too terrible. But anyway, I'm sorry for for that to the hurricane gods. Please spare us next time. Because what you drinking, buddy? Uh, so in honor of Oktoberfest, I got the Hofbrauhaus House um, Oktoberfest. And I got, actually, I went over to Rolling Oats around the corner and I got four other Oktoberfest type beers. There's one from um, um, Coppertail and uh, a couple other ones. So um, I'll be opening those throughout the evening. The other ones are Marzins. I don't know if this is, though. I don't know even what that means. I think we talked about it, but but this is Hofbrau October Fist beer. So it's, I mean, it tastes good to me, but. I have no taste or talent for picking games. So anyways, but yeah, I, I do want to say that. Thank you for mentioning that Gus. Uh, yes, because of the hurricane or at least the threat of a hurricane. Um, I hightailed it out of here and I guess you did too, Gus. Um, uh, but uh, thank, thank, I mean, like I hate to, I hate to count our blessings for the Bay area getting blessed or getting saved, knowing that, you know, our friends, a couple, you know, I know a couple people down there, we know, you know, some folks and, uh, you know, just get, getting fucked. And uh, it's not it's it's kind of one of those like survivor guilt feels I've got, you know, like I, I feel happy for us, of course. But then I start feeling guilty. It's just weird. But anyways, um, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, we had to we had to cancel last week. And I'm sure, I, I know everyone understands. So not everybody understands. There's a lot of dickheads in the world, but that's fine. That's true. That's true. Every, all of our awesome listeners understand. It's funny though, you speaking about that where it's like, okay, you watch like the tracks and anytime it like shifts away, I mean, you can't help like yeah. almost like fist bump or, or fist pump. And it's kind of like, I was like, it's amazing how like you just like, are just, it's like, well, you know, whatever. Sarasota, fuck them. At least it's not St. Peter, Tampa. Right. It happens. Obviously you have that. That's that survivor's guilt. Mr. Producer, what you got, buddy? Uh, I am participating in Sober October, so I have a nice glass of ice water. So, Does Dragoon make water? I, yeah, I went there, specifically got their water, put it in the growler. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So you're sober, huh? I'm 100%. Oh, man, we have two. Oh, 50% of the Burn Boys are sober this week. Watch, our, watch my picks just tank this week. I'll Streamlined go right yet I'll boring. Go. <laughs> I want to apologize to all the listeners out there that half the bourbon boys are sober. Yeah, usually but. we have to apologize how drunk we got. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. But yeah. Oh, and I mean, what am I drinking? Well, I went a little bit oh. more more snobby than uh, the producer over there. I'm drinking a Perrier, you know, because I got to have something, something still little... or sparkling, sparkling, sparkling. Really? Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. They make still Perrier. I don't know, but I don't know. sounds awful. Yeah, I, you know, I like to sparkle. I have a. I'm not doing a sober October or whatever the fuck that's called, and that sounds dumb. Um, but uh, oh, I'm, I'm already ha- the cash in the. I'm ready to throw the chips in. I'm. I'm telling you, I'm not going to make another week probably. <laughs> <laughs> I have a. I have a very very serious procedure tomorrow that uh, I cannot partake in anything fun uh, before I get this extremely preventative surgery done. So. <laughs> They don't want you showing up wasted. Yeah. Are you going B cup or C cup? Uh, I'm already kind of at a B. <laughs> so, you know. Me, me too. So You can't lift them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can lick my own nipple. I don't know if I've ever shown you guys that, but. I've seen it. Yeah. Is this going to make the cutting room floor? No, fuck it. No. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I'll just be sitting on a bag of frozen peas all weekend watching football. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Anyway, all right. So I think I think we'll just go ahead and uh, get into it. Yeah. All right. So I'm up. First game, twelve o'clock kickoff. Pretty good game. Tennessee LSU uh, at LSU. Tennessee's favored by two and a half points over sixty five. This is my lock of the week. Are we really bullshitting here? I mean, LSU's ranked. They're four and one. Awesome. They lost to a shitty FSU team. What's their big win is against Auburn. And Auburn was kind of hanging with them. And Auburn's a fucking shit show. I would say there's a lot to talk about this game because it may be the best game on the schedule. Eh, Maybe the other noon kickoff is. But, yeah, there's – I mean, it's it's Tennessee all the way here. I mean, their offense is – they're just going to throw it all over LSU. I still think Brian Kelly may be done. One and done. I know I said at the beginning of the year in the preview that, you know, give him time, he'll build it up. And he's actually kind of doing that, except they don't look good. They don't look good winning at all. I don't really see an improvement there. It's more of a they've run into some really, really shitty teams. So, yeah, give me the balls. Uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it's lock worthy, but I, I'm taking the balls too. Um, you know, this is their first real road test uh although they did they play at pit yeah so maybe second um lsu's got a, got a good defense it'll be the best defense tennessee's face but um i just i i don't see lsu absent tennessee turning the ball over a lot being able to score with them i think this is going to be close at halftime and then you know, Tennessee's going to make a few more big plays. I, LSU's offense is just kind of um, – they were lucky to beat Auburn. I mean, Auburn was up 17 nothing, I think. Yeah. And turned the ball over a bunch and did Auburn things. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Vols. I, I think they cover, but I, I don't love it. Yeah, I'm not sure it's my lock of the week um, because maybe Vegas – this line – I mean – the, the way I feel about this game, I would have had the line more like, I mean, especially at a noon game, you know, 
if they're trying to, you know, make the, the, the case for like home, some kind of home field affecting this game, then this game should have been at like six, seven, eight, nine o'clock. Um, that would have been, you know, maybe I, I just, I would have expected the line to be more in favor of Tennessee. And since it isn't, it's got me second guessing this whole situation, but I'm, I'm going to go with the pack. I mean, regardless, I mean, until I know what Dr. Riffick does, but um I, I like Tennessee to, to you know, and the, the, over, the over says it all. They, they're expecting a lot of points, and I just don't understand how they can imagine that LSU is going to come up with 30-something points or whatever. I like the this. under. I really like the under, honestly. Right. That's what, that's, that's, that's what I mean. Like, I, that's, I, I think the line and the over contradict each other because LSU yeah. doesn't have the capability of keeping up with the scoring. Um, right. You know, it's funny, like, you know, I said I like like last year after we beat Tennessee and, you know, Hooker had a, you know, a great, um, you know, rest of the year. I said I like him and I, I, I don't like him now, obviously, because he's beaten us, but I still respect him. And yeah, I, I think he's going to I think he's, he's going to I don't know if he's going to score at will, but I could see this being like a 10 or 15 point, you know, win so for Tennessee. Doctor, was this one of the lines that moved? No, no. no. Okay. The, the the line that moved the most was the Kentucky game that went three points the other way. Okay. Hmm. Oh, and I will also take Tennessee. Go in balls. Balls. Well, the other noon game is uh, this is kind of a, I mean, this is why they play the game. But Arkansas traveling to Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a nine and a half point favorite, and two and a half or two weeks ago, this would have been unthinkable. But the, here's the thing. Mississippi State has consistently been pretty decent this year, and they've kicked the shit out of uh, Texas A&M last week. So maybe the Pirates found something. Will Rogers is very good. Um, Arkansas, I had to do a little research. So this is not my classic, I didn't do any research moment here, but I did do a little research. And uh, Arkansas, including all the crap teams they've played, they played some good teams, don't get me wrong, but including like, you know, uh, Montana, and I think they played another not, not great team early on. They've given up an average of 30.6 points per game. And Mississippi State can score. Um, and Mississippi State is not like some marquee team, so a noon game isn't going to phase them. Neither is Arkansas for that matter. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to get caught in the – I don't want to get caught in the trap of thinking, you know, like, you know, because they lost so big to Alabama, who scored 20 freaking one points in the fourth quarter to make that the shellacking it was. And, you know, totally fucking me over, of course, uh, in my pick. Um, so I don't, I don't want to fall into the trap where, I, where, where, it, where I think that they are absolutely no good. But I think they're, give, they're capable of giving up points. And Mississippi State is, you know, they're, you know, if they're good for a stop, they're good for two. Um, I'm going to take the, the home dog, the, well, the home dogs in the sense that they're, that's their mascot, but the home uh, favorites, uh, Mississippi state, um, nine and a half is a lot, but you know, this is going to be the possibility of, you know, can they keep, you know, can Arkansas keep up with the, the, the amount of scoring that I foresee. So look, this line moved a little bit too, right? Wasn't it originally eight. Yeah. Um, so KJ is a little bit banged up. Uh, but I just read he did practice uh, yesterday. So that's a good sign. Um, 
I don't really know what to think. I mean, I would honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if Arkansas won this game outright, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm with you because I'm taking Mississippi State to cover. I just, they're a more solid team. They're a little more consistent. Will Rogers has been, you know, really steady. Um, so, you know, you can expect KJ to gut it out, but maybe get knocked out sometime during the game. But I think even if he still plays, Mississippi State's going to, Got to cover. I just, they're just a better team this year, I think. I think they would love to have that LSU game back. I mean, God, yeah. can, you, can you believe that? A couple of mistakes and that game was completely over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been back and forth on this one, and I think the litmus test here is Arkansas lost to A&M. A&M's not yeah. good. A&M is not good. I know they were at A&M, but they're just not a good football team. I couldn't, I, you know, I, I saw this game and I'm like, there's no way Arkansas is going to lose three in a row. There's no way it can happen. But to lose to A&M, then lose to Alabama with that, the backup quarterback who didn't look great. I mean, he can run. He's not a passer, though. You know, I mean, he can run. But it was just, I think they had an opportunity. They just didn't take advantage of it with Alabama and maybe their defense is a little bit suspect here and that's not good against Mississippi state. So I think I'm going to go, well, I'm not thinking I am. I'm, I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. So this was a tough one for me, but I'll go Bulldogs here, but I'm with you Malt. Like wouldn't surprise me if Arkansas won it outright. Yeah. Three in a row, I mean, three in a row for a team that I think is, a decent team. That's a that's a pretty tough pill to swallow. But that A and M game, man. Fuck. What you got there, Doctor? Let's sweep it. I was curious on the. Uh, I have the money, the, uh, the money line for that. Oh, two seventy. Okay. Yeah, I don't like that. Not enough. Um. All right, Mizzou, Florida. This is one of those. You see the line, you're like, what the fuck? Is this a trap? I don't see how Florida's favored by 11. Um, I mean, Mizzou took Georgia. They were ahead with five minutes left to go in that game. Um, Yo, okay, Florida beat Eastern Washington. Defense still looks shitty. Um, You know, thankfully, the last two games, Richardson seems like Things are slowing down for him a little bit, but um, I still don't quite trust him. Um, I think I, I looked into this to see if there was you know something missing that I wasn't aware of. Mizzou's a little bit banged up on offense. They get their best receivers out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, our defense is just that bad. I don't really think it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a world where we cover, you know, if the defense maybe shows like they played against Kentucky and Richardson continues to play like he has the last couple of weeks. But I think there's just as good a chance that he's, you know, a little bit less than what he's what he's been lately. Um, so I don't think there's any way you can lay these points. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking Mizzou. In fact, them plus 11 is my lock of the week. Also love the over 54. Our defense has given up 25 points. I mean, no, I, I was just looking at that. That's a, that's a great point. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, 
so apparently trading has uh, gone over whatever problem he had so he will be playing this week which means that there's at least two blown coverage plays and um, you know he's leading the team i think in tackles that's terrible to have a secondary guy leading the team in tackles um he was at least in some like you know top category of tackles in the sec um the, our 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 offense yes has looked good the past two weeks Tennessee's defense ain't great. Eastern Washington is they is who they are, um, and they they got four hundred plus yards against Florida last week. So Missouri is going to at least put up three hundred yards, three hundred plus yards, and probably twenty points, twenty plus points. I just don't. I just I don't see a a, a world in which I mean I think I see a world in which we lose this game. I mean they freaking took it to Georgia for three and a half quarters more um georgia we are not georgia uh so or florida is not georgia so um, i'm i'm definitely taking missouri I, I i see us winning a close game i don't i'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility but barring some backdoor cover like and maybe a a pick six or something late if missouri's got to do something because I, I, I like, I like our, the, a number of our younger guys who are, you know, who are playing, but they're just terribly inexperienced. Um, something I noticed, I uh, got, it was in another, in a Gator text group, uh, Dewan Black is on the injured list this week. And um, Billy Napier had a lot to say about Dewan Black. And it's basically about, you know, how you need to treat this as a privilege to play at Florida. And I guess his injury might be to his ego <laughs> or his backside, if you, say, if you will. So, um, you know, Napier's still trying to figure it out with the players he's got, and that's great. Um, you know, I don't have any expectations for this year, but I think beating Mizzou isn't out of the realm of possibility, and it's definitely desirable, but I just don't see it. I don't see 11 points. Yeah, this is a, this is a tough one for me to pick, much like the last game. I couldn't find how many rushing yards Florida's giving up per game. I was just looking at that. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I wish I could have, but Missouri is averaging about 170 yards per game on the ground, which doesn't bode well for Florida's defense. It's just, man, like, I think Florida will score. But, I mean, Missouri, I mean, Georgia's offense hasn't been great since the first game. And they kind of, I don't want to say they took it to Georgia defensively, but Man, I really want them to win that game, but yeah, this is this is a tough one. You know what? I'll I'll go with the I'll go with the Tigers here. I just eleven's a lot. The defense is just so bad. It's so bad. I want to go lone wolf here, but not happening. We'll go with the Tigers. Three sweeps. Wow. Boom! Three sweeps. Turned into quite a rivalry. All right. 3.30 game, your first of two games of the week. I don't know why the fuck this is a game of the week. Auburn. History. History. <laughs> Auburn going to Georgia. Georgia's minus 30 here. Once again, the line doesn't kind of line up with the over, which is 49 and a half. This is a lot of points. Auburn is god awful. God awful. They probably, well, no, not probably. They should have beat LSU, but 
as Malt mentioned earlier, Auburn did in Auburn, and they lost a 17-point lead. Georgia didn't look great. They didn't look like a top three team in the nation last week against Missouri. They're having some struggles offensively, and it looked like Missouri was running the ball on them. I mean, I guess Auburn kind of has a running with Tank, but eh, I don't know. Auburn's just a fucking man. They're a shit show. This line is 30. That is a lot. That is a lot, a lot, a lot of points. Then again, Kirby Smart probably wasn't too happy with how they performed last week. He probably wants to make a statement and absolutely throttle the oldest rivalry in the South. So I'll take Georgia and the over on this one. All right. We finally have a divergence. Um, This line seems insane to me. Uh, Georgia struggled the last two weeks. Auburn lost LSU, but they outgained them 438 to 270. They just had four turnovers. It makes me wonder if there's like a lot of inside scuttlebutt about Hartson losing the team. Because, you know, maybe they're anticipating like how the Gators did last year with Mullen versus Mizzou or with old Yellowtooth against Georgia. And that they could just all be abandoning ship. Um, but, uh, you know, I just can't see – I mean, I, I could see it, but as long as Auburn hasn't quit, they've got enough talent, and their defense is still pretty good um, that, you know, I think they can hold Georgia down enough to cover this number. So I'll, I'll take the, uh, the big road underdogs here and take the points. Yeah, I um... – I'm actually agreeing with you there too. The whole, uh, the, the, I'm, I'm still like in shock. I mean, by the game last week, the Georgia. Oh, by the way, uh, Gus, I did a little quick research. Florida's giving up 193 plus per game rushing. We're tied for 113th in the nation in our rush defense. So yes, Florida has every reason to be concerned about that as well. I mean, these. The, yeah, I'm sorry. Just to go back to that point. I mean. First and 10 is turning into second and one quite often with nine yard and 10 yard left runs. But uh, back to this game, um, I, I, I tend to agree. Like, uh, I, I feel like Auburn, while as terrible and shitty as they are, Georgia's flawed. And unless they figured something out in the last 30 seconds of that fucking Mizzou game, um, I think they're going to struggle, which means, you know, good things for teams that are maybe hoping for a huge win um later on in the year around halloween but i think uh i think auburn is probably going to keep it as close closer than 30 it just seems way too high given georgia's you know like recent struggle or well you know struggles and also they did lose the they're not the first place team anymore from one poll anyways so um you know nation's noticing so we'll see what they do but i've taken auburn the plainsman and war eagle I'll take Auburn as well. What's up? The lone dog. Those things fucking hit. Vegas, Vegas won't even put a a money line bet on this game. No. (laughs) I think people are sure who's gonna win. It's just this number. This number. So uh well, 
my name is Cousin Bailey, and I am picking this game. Uh, Ole Miss, this is the 4 o'clock SEC Network game. Ole Miss uh, is trying to anchor down Vanderbilt or whatever. Whatever, I know Gus says that's a, a bad thing. Anchor down is a bad thing. It's not a thing that they yell on the ships. But uh, Vanderbilt is a 17-and-a-half-point underdog at home, and it's not a terribly far drive. So this is going to be a situation where I'm quite certain, uh, it's you know, again, the uh, stadium will be three-quarters plus uh, opposing team. Um, I'm definitely picking Auburn because fuck Vanderbilt. But Auburn uh, – or excuse me, Auburn, Ole Miss, excuse me. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Christ. All right, well, I mean, it was the last game. And they're right above each other. But um, um, I'm definitely picking Ole Miss, the Rebels, um, to beat to beat Vanderbilt by way more than 17 and a half. This is my lock of the week. Um, last year, last week, Kentucky um, played Ole Miss very tough. That was actually a hell of a game. I loved watching it. I, I Tennessee, or Kentucky has turned into my new team. I hate, uh, obviously, because they've beaten us. You know, we're we're two and three in our last five games, I think. Um, it's very disappointing, especially growing up the way we did where Kentucky was a fucking joke. So it's hard to take them seriously, even though they are a well-coached team, which also makes me fucking ill to say. Um, we were a scoop and score. Away. <laughs> that game, all we needed was a scoop and score, and, and Ole Miss had that cover. But um, – but, I mean, you know, and, and, and let me say one more thing about that game last week. I even went so far as to post on Facebook, which I just hate doing uh, about anything other than, you know, whatever. Um, at the, I mean, tw- towards the end of the game, Will Levis, the uh, mayonnaise-eating uh, quarterback at Kentucky, lowered his head very low, and a Georgia player went even lower, and then his head went lower. And there was helmet-to-helmet contact, um, but it wasn't called on the field. But Todd Blackledge and Sean McDonough just could not stop fucking mentioning it and mentioned it as the teams were shaking hands, um, that it should have been a helmet-to-helmet thing. And I, I want you guys – I want your guys' opinion if you saw the play. There's, there's got to be some adjustment on this call, right? I mean, on, on this uh, rule, right? I mean, like if a fucking – running back or a quarterback running the ball lowers his head. I mean, there's only so low a defender can go on a quarterback before he's called for going after his legs, right. Or going after the knees. When you, I mean, when you guys agree that there's gotta be some sort of guideline of, I mean, obviously they didn't make the call, but what is Todd Blackledge and Sean McDonough? Why do they not know this? So, well, I think they're just playing for like, if a guy is, hits his head, there's like, Oh, it's bad. Right. So we got so like posture thing. that we're, we're against that. Uh, I mean, yes. the trend is is they're making it impossible to play defense. Right. Um. Yeah, I saw the play. I didn't think. I mean, he lowered his head. Right. And now somebody on Facebook, sardonically said, told me that um, the booth can review targeting. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is that the only penalty they can remove, review? I mean, that you can uh, think of? I believe so, right? Right. Yeah. So that goes to your theory that, you know, it's just about safety, which is great, but that the booth didn't review it. A plus. They, Anyways. they might be able to review, like, 
a legal forward pass. Like if the guy crosses the line, they can. Yeah, that happened to us at Tennessee. Actually, good yeah. call. Yeah. So because you got you got Ole Miss. No, big time. Yeah, yeah. This is my lock of the week. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I just Vanderbilt. They were a little bit frisky, but until conference play started, um, and you know they're playing another good offense and the last two times they did that they gave up 55 points to Bama 45 points to Wake Forest um so I'm just going to assume that that trend continues the big takeaway from the Ole Miss end of the game was like the uh the defensive guys bellies flapping in the camera did you notice that that was great in the booth uh but um yeah I, I really like Ole Miss too yeah, I agree. Uh, Old Miss, the, the the line on this game should be what the Georgia Auburn game is. Right. Yeah. This one should be should be thirty. Old Miss, even though they're going to Nashville. So, yeah. It, yeah I mean, I I really did enjoy that Old Miss Kentucky game. I missed. I did miss the targeting thing, but I didn't miss all the talk about it afterwards. Right. I can't remember what I was doing. I was doing something. I don't know. I happened to miss it. But I know, like, they can call targeting on an offensive player as well. They just never do. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Can we just like, can we just fucking stop with it? Like, these guys know what they're getting into, right? Right. It's been they've been harping on it for ten years. At like a minimum, these kids were eight years old, coming up, and they understand what they're getting into. Right. Like you choose your profession or your hobby or whatever it is, you do that knowing the danger going in or have some understanding of it. It's just like, come on, what are we doing here? Like it's a so violent game. It's gonna happen. Like, come on. You so know, they make like, an argument, like they make an argument that the that the targeting situation is just as much for the defense defenders safety you know because if they're going straight on you know neck yeah you know blah 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 yet all of the penalties as you said i mean offense can be called for it but when i can't remember the last time an offensive player um will levis lowering his head was a danger you know theoretically but i still see guys leading with their head all over the place like are they not teaching the proper i mean you just said They've been doing this for 10 years. That means they theoretically should have changed the way that the play, the kids are coached 10 years ago, the eight-year-olds. And, I mean, I see it all the time, the guys leading with their heads. Well, I mean, I think it's sort of like it's That's a really natural way. It's just yeah. a natural occurrence because of the way the – like the whole point of the game, right? If you're on offense, you want to get as many yards as you can. And the most effective way to do that is to be low to the ground – Go forward. And lean forward, you know. Yeah. So I don't know how you can do that and not lower your head. I think this isn't going to happen, but I can understand like where they, the egregious, where it's unnecessary, it's not sort of part of the flow of the game. Okay, get that shit out. But if someone's literally trying to make a play and right. the last second adjustment leads to a head on collision, I mean, you know. That's life. Or not. Right. Oh, <laughs> Yikes. Chose to play the game. 
Right. Uh huh. But that's all right. We give forgiveness about all kinds of life choices these days. That's what we like to do. So I won't get into it. Anyhow, awesome. Doctor, who you got? Sweep it. Woo! Back on track. <laughs> so this is, I think this is the first week where it's all SEC on SEC, right? There's no shit games. Yeah. All right. Uh, probably the, well, <laughs> the last game's pretty shitty. This game kind of sucks too. The Cox are going into Kentucky. Uh, this line has moved. Did something happen with Kentucky? Somebody hurt? This was 10 and a half. Now it's seven. That's weird. So Kentucky, Kentucky is a seven-point favorite at home against South Carolina, who has really not done anything. They beat two cupcakes. Um, Kentucky took Ole Miss to the wire, probably should have won that game against a good team on the road. Um, so I don't understand why the line would move. Um, maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like expecting Kentucky to win by two scores is reasonable, and that's what I expect. Uh, South Carolina is 0-4 under Beamer against ranked teams, and in those four losses, they've been outscored 176 to 64. Um, I don't love Will Levis. Uh, but I like Kentucky's defense. They're solid group. Spencer Radler is not great. Um, and they're at home. So I think it's going to be a pretty easy victory for Kentucky. I like them by two, at least two touchdowns. So I will take the cats. Okay. I, I just did a little quick research, which is the exact opposite of the t-shirts we're going to be making. If we ever make t-shirts, um, it says in their, uh, in their first loss of the season against Ole Miss, they had several players suffer injuries, suffer injuries, notably Jeremy Flax, Jocks Jones, Jock Jones. He was a transfer from Ole Miss. And I guess um, Will Levis, the, the headline says Will Levis has not been ruled out versus South Carolina. So he got dinged up in some capacity. So that might be the issue. Was wow. finger? Didn't he, didn't he dislocate his finger? Yes, he had a finger issue. But it was his left hand, so. What it says is, despite suffering a dislocating finger and taking a big helmet-to-helmet hit, which could have easily caused a concussion, the injury in question is a lower leg injury that he suffered last week. So, um, very brief, confirming that he's not been ruled out. I have no news. My policy, if someone's out, I'll tell you. I don't have anybody out. If I had somebody out, I'd tell you. Uh, uh supposedly he's in a walking boot. Yeah. So I mean that's where yeah. it is, I guess. Okay. I don't I don't know who the fuck their backup is. Uh huh. Yeah. So eh, I don't um, think he's that great. I'll I'll stick with my pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 still inexplicably with question questionable news. I don't think Will Levis is that awesome either. Um he didn't look at like fucking shit against us anyways. Yeah, you, know, you know, he didn't do much except win the game. Um, I'm going to take Kentucky as well. I think especially knowing that there's a potential injury, seven points over South Carolina is not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, this is – once again, this line should be probably 17 and a half or 30, not seven. I don't don't know what the fuck this line is. Under the lights, 
in Lexington, Kroger Field. You know, Kentucky's going to do what Kentucky does against shitty teams. They're going to win, and they're going to win big. Um, I'd be, I would contemplate taking the under on this, though. I would. 46 and a half. I don't think South Carolina is going to score 10. But the line moved again. Did it? What is it now? Six and a half. <laughs> Holy shit. God. What are they? What, what the is fuck? the Will Levis? What happened to you, boy? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, not much else to say. You guys covered it all. Sweep this one as well. No, I'm sorry, Doc. We didn't get your pick. My bad. No, you you got it. Sweet. All right. All right. All right. And okay. Before, um, well, I, oh, I was going to say before we get into the next game, because like, what do you got, buddy? Well, I have a couple of announcements, and one of them is quite pertinent to the next game coming up. So I'll, I'll lead you in there. But I did want to say that uh, this final segment of the Bourbon Boys, the last game of the of the week, is brought to us by pandemic sauce company amidst a worldwide pandemic and a lockdown with nothing but time on his hands a good friend of the podcast started experimenting his kitchen to occupy his time he soon discovered a knack of combining variety of peppers with fruit juices to create some unique barbecue sauces after sharing his sauces with family and friends he's now decided to share them with the rest of the world and the goal to become your new favorite sauce you can enter code BourbonBoys at checkout for a discount on three bottles. That's PandemicSauceCompany.com and code BourbonBoys. Now, um, I, I'm going to have to do a little quick segue, but I am home alone with the kids this week. So I have an outdoor TV and a smoker. And so I'm going to be uh, experimenting with my own, making, making my own, experimenting myself with some uh, meats on the smoker. So I, it's a good thing that I've stocked up on pandemic sauce company, barbecue sauces. Um, I'm not exactly sure which one I'm gonna go with, but, but that's what's gonna happen. Now, the reason it's a segue is because Gus is gonna be doing the last game. That's A&M at Alabama. And my wife's mother was a huge Alabama fan. And she passed away earlier this year, or this, this fall, as we all know. She has a phenomenal condo. And so what's happening this weekend is my wife and my broker, I'm a realtor, are hosting open houses at the condo um, dur- like as a, almost a tailgate kind of situation, one Friday and one Saturday. So if anyone is in, <laughs> who listens to this podcast knows any, uh, let's just say, deep-pocketed Alabama fan, and they like a penthouse condo, very accessible to the university um contact cousin bailey at gmail.com so gus what you got well before we move on i just have a quick question about your weekend plans does your wife know you'll be experimenting with different meats or i knew when i said it it was a suspect thing to say and likely gonna get some pushback so to speak just wondering how much is that discount again if you got three bottles there's a discount if you order three bottles. Enter code Bourbon Boys at checkout. What's the discount? CBS Game of the Week. They picked another great one. Texas A&M at Alabama. Alabama's favored by 24 and a half points. The over's 51 and a half. This is the battle of possibly backup quarterbacks. 
Max Johnson could be out for the year. He has a hand injury. Haynes King came in last week in relief. It looked like he was going to start lighting it up, and then he turned into Haynes King. Threw two picks. Great job. That guy sucks. Bryce Young is a game-time decision. A little birdie told me before the uh, the podcast kicked off. Um, I guess he also has some inside Alabama knowledge that goes on at that condo. So, you know, if you go in and you buy that condo, you're probably going to get some inside information into the uh, Alabama football team. It does have a view of the practice field. There you go. There you go. That's that's how Cozy gets all of his uh, his tied information. My pick's right, apparently. Yeah, shows last <laughs> week. <laughs> but, yeah, the, I, I can't remember his name, but even if Bryce Young doesn't play, you know, I think a weekend for that four-star backup that they have who can run it like nobody's business. He can't throw it around like – like Bryce Young, but um, I think Alabama is going to cover here. Uh, a chain for A and M. He's really their only threat on offense now because I can't remember the the guy who got hurt. Um, his name either uh, for A and M a few weeks ago. I I don't remember his what what uh, what his name is, but he was basically their other offensive star. So I mean, Alabama is going to key on a chain. He might get 100. I doubt it. He'll probably get somewhere in the range of like 60 or 70 yards on the ground. I actually, I honestly think this is going to be a bloodbath. A&M, I guess, has quality wins if you consider Miami, who's kind of a shit show now. And who was the other one? We just talked about him. There's another ranked opponent they beat. Oh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Arkansas, yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean, I'm a, that field goal, my God. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't have come to that, don't get me wrong, but still, I mean. Yep, so I, I just think I think Alabama's going to roll here. I want to know what Bryce Young was doing on the sideline with his helmet on the whole time when he when everyone knew he wasn't coming back in the game because of his injured shoulder. Weird. Collarbone or whatever it was that he hurt. But, uh, yeah, that was strange because I thought he was coming in, but I don't know, maybe it was just playing head games with, with uh, the other team that was like, oh, yeah, like, you may come back in. Arkansas completely fell for it. They didn't. But, yeah, Alabama's defense is going to completely shut down AM. They'll probably score <clears throat> AM in the range of probably 10 to 14 points. I think Bama will put up probably close to 40. So, roll tide. So, why is uh, – I mean, does Saban just have to be an asshole? Like, so my girl Jenny Dell – after the game, like ask him a question about what do you think about how your team responded? And he just assumed she was asking him about Bryce Young and goes off on this rant. But well, that's not, I know you all are going to want to try to make the story about this, but the story is about the way this team, and it was just like, it's like, dude, are you just, is everything an angle to like try to like cut off the rat poison or whatever? Anyway, fuck him. Uh, but, uh, Jimbo sucks, uh, and AM's really bad. And I think Saban's going to really want to turn the screws on Jimbo, based on you know all the shit that went down over the summer. Um, I think Bryce Young probably will play. Um, that's that's the scuttlebutt. But yeah, I like Bama here. A um, little bit worried about that little extra five points that they added on but not too much. Uh, I kind of like the over too. 
And if you haven't been paying attention in Twitter land, Jimbo has the same record as Kevin Sumlin through the same amount of games. So there's that. And he, I, I checked actually, remember we all took the under for total wins on AM. That's looking pretty good. Yep. Oh, yeah, it is. So um, AM getting uh, throttled by Mississippi State last week. And, and let's not overlook um, Alabama's running game is a uh, pretty stock stellar. Um, they had, you know, some big runs last week against Arkansas. <clears throat> and, and let's just say, are they a comparable team? Then Alabama is probably going to have their way with them. I, I, I just, the, the difference is A&M has, doesn't have the same potential dynamic offensive situation that Arkansas did. Uh, I think, I think Alabama is going to go ahead and run away with this game. A couple of things. Um, I, I guess I don't love what he's doing, but yes, exactly what I remember urban used to do that crap that Saban's doing malt liquor, you know, holler at a freaking reporter for asking a somewhat or seemingly innocuous question. Right. And then, you know, like doing it, like you, you mentioned rap poison, which I believe, I mean, I don't have the definition right in front of me, but I believe, He's suggesting he's trying to keep keep all the reports and whatnot out of uh, his player's head by, and maybe potentially, I'm, I'm not trying to give him too much credit, but he might be like trying to be the lightning rod so that like, you know, the, the story is about Staben being a dick this week and less about Bryce or less about, you know, their struggles against Arkansas. Um, it's a shrewd move. It's clearly tactical. The guy's no dummy. But uh, that doesn't mean he's not an asshole. Now, that being said, I watched the review of, uh, of uh, or the interview, rather, the post-game interview with Mike Leach and talk about a completely opposite situation. Like, the, 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 lady, the girl who interviewed Mike Leach mentioned that she's getting married and he, like, was such a funny, like, you know, funny uncle kind of or dad joke kind of thing going on on her. I, I, I just thought that was so funny. But uh, in regards to this game, Max Johnson being out for the year, and that was supposed to be their savior for their so, not savior per se, but like stability on offense, um, which they found against Miami, and you know, in, in some respects against Arkansas, uh, dwindled away last week with his injury. Uh, Alabama, I believe, has what means of scoring. Uh, there, you know, as long as someone can put the ball on that slant, they do. Then, then they could probably, you know, rack up 300 yards quick, pretty early on, like third quarter in this game. I definitely like Alabama. And oh, oh, one last thing, I have the numbers in front of me of Jimbo's buyouts because of his new contract, and I, I think it's real. It was, but in 2022, if he gets bought out, that that is fired and has to get bought out for a, a potentially negotiated number, 85. $0.9 million is what A&M would have to pay him. It doesn't drop below 50 until you get to 2026. It's $48.7 million, seven five. Only until you get to 2031 do they not have to pay anything. And the lowest number is about $10 million, and that's at 2030. So A&M has, uh, for better or worse, married this person until the oldest child goes to college. I don't know about that because isn't A&M like the richest school? Like as far no, as no, 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 of course they are. But 
the joke wouldn't have made sense. Texas, Texas is. They're up there though, but Texas is. Texas has more money than A and M. I think that's the big conundrum. He's a. I thought he was Oklahoma State. Yeah, he Oklahoma State. I love Oklahoma State. I don't. I don't know. Did we? Do we have a problem with Gundy? I just think that we're talking about a team outside of the SEC. Well, excuse me, a team outside of Gainesville, Florida. That I would like um, like to see do well. They, there's just something awesome about them. I'd like to be a fan of theirs. I mean, I would have been a fan of theirs. But. They had Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas in the same backfield. Can you imagine? So uh, they won the wishbone. What are you, what are we basing Rich? Are we talking about like their endowment? Just don't like the 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 worth of their donors. Accessibility, yeah, accessibility to donors. Yeah. Okay, so. Active I mean, donors. All the Florida the biggest, has a tremendous. So Harvard has the most of schools that actually play real football. Stanford has close to thirty-seven or thirty-eight billion. Um, Notre Dame, eighteen and a half billion. Then A and M. Yeah, but those other schools, they they don't. I mean, I guess Notre Dame worries about football, but they're more academic than. Right. And, you yeah. know, that's Texas football, man. Like, it's a mentality down there. And, you know, you wonder, like, yeah, like, Ray, I don't even really know what an endowment means. Right. Like, I don't even. Is it a pledge or something? And, no, I thought, and, no. I thought endowment was specifically for academics and boosters are for athletics. I could be completely. And there, it, but boring. <clears throat> An endowment it's a pledge. is money set aside, invested to earn revenue to fund a nonprofit mm-hmm. activity. So a college would qualify as that. A nonprofit. I, I know I know what you're saying is totally correct and legitimate, but a nonprofit makes me laugh. Well, yeah. <laughs> um so, yeah. Sorry. No, Back I just was agreeing with what you were saying about. You know, it's Texas football. You know, this, it means – I hate to – God, I hate to quote the SEC logo, but it, it means more, especially in Texas. They're going to spend a shitload of money. So who you got, doctor? Yeah, Nick's going to be looking to make a statement, like Malt Liquor said. So uh, yeah. I, I think they're going to run it up on this one. So here's another one. Sorry, this got – the richest college football program. So this was written in December. So Texas and A&M are both tied at one. And it goes Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, Notre Dame, Florida, Auburn, LSU. That's the top 10. And it's like a $110 million surplus, right? If I remember right. Yeah, the Gators are 117 million. Yeah. And Texas is 147. <clears throat> That's quite a number. I'm glad. So before we uh, before we sign off, I want to I want to touch on two things. Uh, one, Larry, if you're listening, we we know you are. I hope we uh, explain the eleven and a half uh, Florida line well enough for you. So you know it's uh it is what it is, and. If you guys weren't paying attention out there listening to all the games, we've swept 
every single game except for Auburn, Georgia, where I'm the lone wolf. So, I, and I just placed a parlay on all those games for us. So, and, 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 and it's if, plus forty six hundred. Oh yeah. So I'll either be three games up or one game up come next week. Not a lot of parity this week. I just want to get above five hundred. I know it isn't going to happen this week, but baby steps. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I and I didn't even feel like there were. I struggled a little bit with the Mississippi State Arkansas line, um, but the rest I think are pretty straightforward. I mean, maybe Kentucky now that Levis might not play, but the rest I feel pretty good about. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I there's a there's a universe. In, we're, trying to think like everything goes against what we picked um i feel like i can't my lock was Ole miss i feel comfortable with that but there's a universe in which uh you know georgia's still struggling or i mean excuse me not still struggling like gets over their hump but you know gus addressed that so yeah like if we were in vegas i'd bet i bet the tennessee game i bet the florida game i bet the georgia game i bet Ole miss uh Alabama. Yeah, I mean that hook has me a little bit worried, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'll probably all the ones that I say I bet I'll probably get wrong, but please don't. I need this, so uh, I, I think that'll do it, huh? Yeah, let's wrap it up. So um, thank you very, very, very much for listening to the Bourbon Boys podcast. Uh, this is week six of the SEC. Uh, sorry about missing last week, but you know got to take care of our own. So for Malt Liquor, Gus, our producer, Zach Terrific, I am Cousin Bailey. Thanks for listening, and we will catch y'all next week, and go Gators. Go Gators.